In 2002, Bangladesh became the first country in the world to ban plastic bags. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I'm Rasmus. <coughs> and I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I finished drinking. Well done, you. Yeah. How the fuck you doing, Red? Uh, I'm hot. Oh, it is hot. How the fuck you doing, Jan? Miserable hot. <laughs> and it's humid because we had a thunderstorm going through a couple of hours ago. <laughs> and how no, am I doing? Fine. Thank you for asking. No, it's fine because Norway, we had wind. We have one bit of wind today. Lucky you. Yeah. Could you send it over here, please? Yeah. No, I'm keeping this one for myself. <laughs> Selfish bastard. <laughs> how are you? Exactly. I'm good. How was the rest of your week? What have you done? Start for once. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, now I need to actually remember what I did this weekend because already my mind is going a bit scrambled. No, I was teaching. That's what I did with this weekend. Okay, good. And uh, yes, I was teaching the last class at the current workshop. Nice. Okay. You, so you put in your um, notice? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I, I told them to fuck off and they said, no, we tell you to fuck off. And it was really fun. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yes, I, I got a uh, new contract for the new workshop. I'll be spending all of July moving, uh, probably all of July, knowing myself and the fact that I have nearly five metric tons of materials and anvils and shit. This is the official warning to all of Rasmus's friends. Leave the country, go on vacation. This is is also me going on a sort of a preemptive sort of, uh, I have stuff for sale. If you want to help me not move a lot of shit, please get in contact and I will sell you things. Not anvils. Not animals, but everything else. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, total last bit, bit of blacksmithing class. And this time I actually almost changed up the entire recipe for how I do the class. And I'm not sure if it went better because of that or because of the students. So I, like more, more testing is needed. But I normally I, we do like S-hooks and then a bottle opener without doing like any fancy use of hand tools or anything. But this time I had them go from a norm, not like often enough, that's like all, everything we manage in sometimes in a weekend class. Uh, just because like drawing out like a long taper to curl back around again to make the bottle opener shape mm-hmm. is a bit tedious for some, some people. But this time we forged leaves first. And that seems to help a great deal. But I'm not, as I said, I'm not sure if that's just because of these students I had that just did fairly well. Or if it was because adding in the leaf in between gave them a little bit more understanding and give them that little bit of extra step. Try again, same thing next next time. And you will see if it's the Mm -hmm. method or the the student. Yeah, more testing is always needed. But I also realized that uh, I pushed the limit of saying less a bit too far (laughs) when it comes to the final (laughs) bottle opener forging. So we did like the, the, the stretching out the arm and curling it back again to make the opener. And then we moved on to uh, stop punching and drifting open the bottle opener mm-hmm. for the few technical blacksmiths out there and then forging the tap down and things like that. And I, I thought I said, like, what's the difference between like a center punch, a punch and a drift? Doesn't seem like anything, anybody actually got that difference. Ah, make a hole. Yeah. So I had like two cans and I was like, this is things for making holes. This is things for making holes bigger. And I thought I said that fairly clearly and distinguished between the two. 
but nobody got that difference. So some one student tried to take my center punch and use it to punch a hole, mm. which destroyed the center punch and overheated it. Mm-hmm. And a couple of other people tr- took the drifts that they thought looked like that. They had the right size and tried to forge punch a hole with those. Uh, I mean, I stopped everyone like early enough that it wasn't a big problem. But I also like, oh, I, I should have had a lot more tooling for these students prepared beforehand. And explain maybe a little bit more. Yeah, and also, like, in the dream scenario, I will have, like, a full kit of everything for each student. Mm. And uh, I will also forge them distinctly different enough that there shouldn't be any way of uh, mistaking one for the other. Are those tools difficult to forge? No, it's just I I haven't had a use for having that many. No, but let the next class make them. Make their own tools to make the bottle opener. No, it, it, it takes... Yes, we could have, but that would be too much of an extra step. I would much rather just introduce them to the concepts in this class because it's such a a basic blacksmithing class. And then instead have add on with a more dedicated tool making class, like a basic hand tool making class. Okay. Where we do like the tongs and we do like make a couple of punches and drifts and chisels and things like that. But yes, uh, apart from that, I shipped out the last grinder this week. Nice. Whatever, those went fast. I mean, I, there was a waiting list on them, so I it only thing that took me time was like figuring out. I tried the shipping to be nice. Part. I wanted to say, "Wow, they sold fast!" Not, "Damn, you're slow." Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, then I've just been sitting at the computer all day today, just hacking away at office work, updating the website with all the new products, and getting very, very familiar with ChatGPT. Ah, for so the, I'm in. Say again. The descriptions. Yeah, so basically just taking the English description from like the multiple products website and native for engineering and tossing that into uh, ChatGPT and just saying like translate to Norwegian and like change the tonality and make it fit this style. And then it gives me something back and I go, okay, now I edit this and I feed it back and say like, here's what I did. And by doing that three, four times, suddenly there's a lot less editing I need to do on the final versions of things. And now you have the text for selling a belt grinder in the voice of Gollum? No, I haven't done the voiceover thing yet, but maybe I should. I'd like, have this read to you by Yoda, Gollum, Darth Vader, or someone else who is hard to understand, like Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's my week anyway. I just nice. trying to get things done. Jan? Jan, what about you? Um, what about me? No, I went on a surprise business trip. <laughs> no, um, I, I went on a, on a planned business trip on a Tuesday, so nothing too special about that. It was nice at the customer. Um, you know, I work for, um, well, in sales for measuring equipment, and we have a new calibrating product without like going too deep into it, but we take something that's really accurate and can make it even more accurate with it. Ooh. And um, the customer wanted to test it in one of their machines. So I drove up there. Small interjection. Mm-hmm. How much more accurate and what's the application for this? So uh, it's for tuning machines like CNC, 5-axis, grinders. And uh, this uh, tool uh, sorry. is especially for When do you tools. actually need this extra level of accuracy? Uh, grinding, for example. If you want to grind something really precise. And with the rotary tools, you have the, the part is mounted on the rotary tool and mm. moves certain degrees for like gears, ah. for example, would be one. Right, okay. And um, I mean, some of the gears are going really accurate, really specific. We're talking about for engines, we're talking about aerospace. 
I, I can't right. okay. go too deep into it, but like it's used for, I mean, we're talking about not um, degrees anymore. We're talking about degrees, seconds. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's like minutes, yeah. seconds, doing that. Yeah. So um, with the new tool, we can go down to 0.1 second oh. of oh, accuracy. Wow. Of course, that, the, that machines, sounds... the machines can do that. It's just what we can measure with it. But um, yeah. so we tested at the customer and from one day we actually needed two days because it took some time to like set up everything um, correctly. So I stayed overnight. That was kind of the, the yeah, it wasn't planned. But um, going the next morning, we started doing the tests and we got a tenfold more accurate with it. That's so cool. by ten, 10 times, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And it was nice because that was the first time we actually used it on a machine and not just on a uh, in, in a laboratory for like theoretical testing, but this was on the machine. So we're taking the data, then we fed the data that we got, the compensation data, we fed it back into the uh, CNC controller, and then we did the measurement again, and wow. it was day and night. Yeah, it was really cool. And the machine was already accurate before that. That must have that must have given you a bit of a giddy feeling when you sort of yeah, get the feedback and go like. Especially Ooh. it was it was technical for once. It was not just like a normal sales pitch. Go in there talking to purchasing or talking to the engineering department, telling them how great it is. It was actually throwing that thing on the machine, running tests, spending hour there like bullshitting with the other engineers there, because like every engineer is kind of the same humor. <laughs> so yeah, it was a great time. I really enjoyed that business trip. So I got back yesterday night, around 8 then, because everything took way longer. Then I had another, instead of three hours, the drive actually took like four, four and a half hours. And uh, today's a bank holiday, so that is Oh, nice. you slacker. Oh, yeah. And tomorrow I have the day off. <laughs> oh, you absolute slacker. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm going to use... Well, and, and today I wanted to start uh, doing gardening, so I kind of... I slept until like seven o'clock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> uh, then I just did the whole unpacking thing from my business trip yesterday, and um, decided to work a little bit in the garden. And I worked in the garden for about five minutes, and then there was a thunderstorm starting out of nowhere. It was from broad daylight to suddenly getting dark, and heavy raindrops, and it was pouring rain. There was thunder for a whole hour without stopping. So the next thunder would start without the, the first one, even like, or the one before going down. It was incredible, oh. like a proper summer thunderstorm with lots of rain. And it was fantastic. Yeah, you've been having a drought or? Yeah, yeah, it's been, it hasn't been raining for, I think, the last two to three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And after one hour, it's just stopped and the sun came back out. And now we're humid and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of miserable, red. Exactly, red. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. When you're there in your t-shirt, you just Oh, yeah, like... it's hot in, in there. Uh, yeah. I, the problem is the, the shop where I'm recording is 10 south, so I get the sun till it oh. goes over the mountain. So it's the hotter uh, room in the old apartment. So, yeah, I had a bad choice during summer. But anyway, I'm good. Uh, thank you. Thanks for asking. Um, I, I've done a lot of stuff during the week uh, and we can't wait for you to tell us what their what their stuff is a lot of cleaning both literally and figuratively um so mental cleaning mental cleaning uh that too yeah 
Okay, okay. Getting rid of stuff that I didn't want uh, in in my life or around me anymore, mm. uh, including people. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, well, and I'm still here. Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, you're both serious. It's like, it's like a late spring cleaning. <laughs> no, no, I I know what it is. We are still paying for our classes with red. That's what it is. <laughs> you are. Jan is in standby. Oh, we're already moment. in June. Yeah, we have to start again. Yeah, you're too late week. No, too <laughs> week late. <laughs> Um, oh, getting called out in public! What a shame! <laughs> no, we don't need that. We don't care. No, but but yeah, I I've been um, following your advice, guys, and and actually mm. not setting up a, a schedule, but making lists of all the shit that I need to do or wanted to do during the week, and that uh, that helped a lot, and I've been very productive. Um, about some stuff that I can't really talk about because it's going to be my next project. I'm just not sure how it, it will be going, but some 3D modeling uh, is involved. Uh, so I spent a fair amount of time on Fusion 360 to, to make the pass I needed to, to do. A lot of designing on Illustrator because I need to finish the pattern of the thing. Uh, also, a lot, a lot of time editing videos because I, I, I made one, I published one for the giveaway announcement thingy that I did a few days ago. So that's behind me and that's cool. But I also had to make another video for a friend's brother who was getting married next weekend. So that was this like slideshow thingy that they wanted to do for him, but none of his close friend is about to edit the video, so what did it? <laughs> oh, muggles! Yeah. Oh, yeah. So can, can you can can you get back at him at least a little bit and put just like a like and subscribe with your logo, like at the bottom, just coming <laughs> with the bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a good idea. Like when you see them at the altar and you see that red shifting in. <laughs> no, but uh, I d I didn't think of it, but that was actually that that's actually a good idea. The thing is, uh, um, the my friend who asked me to do that for his brother uh, suggested me uh, to use one of Disney's songs because the, the groom and the bride are big fan of Disney and they are going to Paris Disneyland like once a month or even more often. So, it, oh, wow. it, yeah, okay. they live nearby. So you can buy a yearly pass and you can go like every night if you want. Um so it suggested me to use the music of the Beauty and the Beast uh, to do the slideshow. Which one? Uh, the 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 song that says uh, the Beauty and the Beast at the end. It's the oh, Taylor's all this time. Okay. I, I have no idea. Um, I never saw the movie. First of all. Um, what? No, that's yeah. It has. I'm not a big fan of Disney. Uh, but anyway, um, it's a kind of a private joke. Because his brother is the groom, so he wanted to do like the the bride is the beauty and and his brother is the beast and so on and so. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. at the beginning I was like, eh, no, it's not gonna happen. I don't do that. But in the end, it worked really well. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, cool. No, but yeah, yeah, it was fun to do that. It's been a long time since I edited that kind of video. I was doing that a lot before. Uh, making sorry, were, were you at the wedding? I could see their reaction. No, I won't be there. Uh, it's this weekend. Uh, I won't be there because they are they are far north, uh, and I'm not invited because I'm not that close to this guy. I know I know my friend's brother very well, but we haven't seen each other in like 
Oh, a year. Uh, you should actually. have definitely put that subscribe thing in there. <laughs> yeah. I will. I will next time. Uh, so I did that, uh, and yeah, uh, also took some time off because um, after thinking about it, uh, I decided that after eight hours of work, I will be done for the day, um, and actually managed to help a lot with my sleep, with my other activities like spending time with my wife and my kid cleaning the house for example taking care of stuff that i needed to do i managed to see some movies with the kiddo and so we watched uh iron man one and two with my son cool uh so it was a big win for me because i wanted to show him those two nice. movies um these two movies for two or three years and he was kind of afraid scared of when we started watching the first one and now he's it's flying everywhere like this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. So yeah, it's been it's been a good week, very productive week. Um, and oh yeah, um, I I finished the giveaway and someone won. So that that's also yes. great. Congratulations. Uh, no, I I, I uh, watched the video. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> No, by the it was absolutely random, and I picked the name of someone that I know and, and we all know in the Mikael's community mm -hmm. which is Lucas so congratulations Lucas for winning this yeah. leather engraver and I really hope it will, it will help him to and make the, stuff the, he is the master of puff, puppets exactly. and now he'll be the master exactly. of laser puppets I hope so yeah I hope so that'd uh, be cool yeah. I was able now to you contact just have him to dress up as a villain and take one of the puppets on the table oh, come with me <laughs> 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 oh, you mean that full James Bond? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Exactly. I want to. I, I want to see that. So bad. <laughs> Please, Luca. <laughs> Lucas, you know what you yes. have to do. <laughs> yes, you have to now. There's no other choice. So yeah, it's been my week. Yeah, but this this is really nice, um, especially that you, um, well. First of all, that it helps with your schedule, like with your sleep schedule and everything. Yeah. I mean, when it really comes down to, uh, we, we talk about it a lot, about like the difference between being employed and self-employed and the yeah. stuff we do more. But I mean, there's mm. there's a reason for employment and working hours. Yeah. I mean, that there's people that figured it out for us basically years ago. Yeah, which yeah. is actually funny because Russ, was it you mentioning it? That like somebody mentioned to me that um, if we look back about 200 years ago, People were only working three to four hours a day. I, I, uh, I find it hard to believe. No, if you go back hunter gatherer society, then you're closer to three, four hours a day. Okay. Uh, maxing out at like 16, 20 hours a week. That's, uh, that would include everything you had to do to survive, like walking to get firewood and walking to get water and that kind of stuff. Walking to where you needed to hunt or gather roots and berries. I need to write it down and use that in my next um, evaluation. So yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing a bad job. <laughs> if you go back uh, to it, <laughs> it goes on that actually. Uh, I think another bit of statistic I got. This is from like before the pandemic, though, that the average amount of productive hours per day in in the corporate world, so to speak, is three hours. Which is insane. Yeah, and then you have absolutely insane. Which which kind of explains why how as as being self employed are almost able to be like our own accountant, our own boss, our own floor manager, and all of those things. Because in, in that world, anyway, it, it wasn't all that, it isn't all that much work. And it lost of time is lost to meetings and planning and scheduling things. Mm. 
Whereas in our world, like ideally, uh, we don't really need to have me- sit down with a meeting with ourselves to figure things out. It's more like we can figure things out almost on the fly, or at least like do five meetings at once. That just depends on yeah. have a time. That depends on the amount of voices in your head. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my board meetings are a mess. I know quite a lot of people that could have a long turn meeting <laughs> with themselves. I have done that, but, but no, no, no worries. <laughs> no, but that's really insane to me that you spend eight hours a day in, in a, somewhere trying to do your job and you're only productive for three hours because of yeah. the meaning, the breaks, the, the someone being annoying to you because you're getting distracted or some waiting yeah, for like, someone else to take to make the decision of what you're going to do next i i think it's really determined on and i don't want to go too deep into it but really the kind of job you're doing for me working in sales and it's for me in the morning um, answering the emails that come in internationally mm. so uh i spend like a two to three hours answering emails and going like through everything in the details getting the information and then there's days that i have stuff lined up that i have to do so i yeah. immediately start with that and then there's other day where i don't have a backlog and then it's basically sitting there and being ready to respond if someone mm-hmm. calls or you get an email those yeah. are the worst days yeah. because you're sitting there and you're basically just fiddling around and waiting and you're looking for work to keep you busy till actual work comes around but uh that's seldom the case Raz, what you just said is is now uh, I understood something. Now that now okay. you you said it because you you said you are we are our own accountant. Uh, ac- no, damn it, we are we are uh, doing our own taxes. <laughs> we are yes. making our own decisions. We are all our own boss, meaning that we are doing the job of four or five people in one day. Yeah. And that's probably why I felt I was not productive enough because I was not constantly working on leather project or, or hitting mm-hmm. hot metal with a hammer or whatever because I had all those other stuff to do. And for me, it was yeah. not productivity. It was not part of my job. Now that you've said it, and also because of the thinking I did this week, I understood that it's, it's completely part of the job. And it has to be uh, accounted in the... Eight hours that I'm working, uh, or ten, yeah. or twelve, depending on the days. But yeah. my working hours of the day. So yeah, also one reason for which I, I sleep better is like, I, oh, I'm done for the day, so I don't have to yeah. think again about what I've not done yet today and what mm-hmm. I will have to do tomorrow. So yeah, that more about that. It it's very easy to sort of feel like you're stuck doing all of the things that doesn't make you money. Yeah. And it doesn't make you money directly, I should say. And then at the end of the day, sort of feel like you haven't actually done anything. Mm. Yeah. And sort of hate yourself because like, yeah, but, but I should do something that actually pays bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, this is part of the job as well. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the same when you, for, for me, when I drive to a customer, yeah. as soon as I get in the car, that's working time. And I've never, like, I always had a hard time seeing it that way. Because for me, that is not wasted time, but it's just transportation to get there. Mm-hmm. But it really comes down to it is working time. So, yeah, I mean, w- when I log my hours, everything I do for the business is part of my working yeah. day. Uh, granted, I'm, I also tend to have like a 10-hour working day. 
just because that's the rhythm things work out at. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel it is, it is it is important to actually track like like you said the transit time to get and get shit done, because like yeah, on a good day I can drive to one of the bigger shops there and buy everything I need, mm-hmm. and I can be there in fifteen minutes. I can do all my shopping in te- in twenty thirty and be back home again, or back at the forge again in another ten. Ideally, I can do all of that in an hour if I know what I'm doing. There's not much traffic and all of that shit. But if there is traffic, if there's a big line, if I can't find what I need to, if I need to go to more shops to get the stuff I need, mm-hmm. that's still working time. Yeah, it screws my day a bit, but it's still working time. Yeah. And so to speak, I should be compensated for that. Although it doesn't look that way on the spreadsheet for my business. Yeah. It is a part of the thing. That is true. I, with, with the words of uh, Monty Python's and now something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it, it all depends on what you want to talk about. I kind of want to go a little bit into what, what we briefly discussed about the, the topic. Um, and this is more like a question to you guys, not like having a discussion, but asking you guys about your experience with it. Uh, I had that business trip this week, and I'm not sure if it was because it wasn't pl- I wasn't planning on staying overnight. So there was some shopping in the evening involved at uh, CNA, like the clothing store and one of the drugstores to get like toothpaste and a toothbrush. Um, but I stayed at a hotel I've stayed before. Mm-hmm. Just a f- actually, it's not that far ago, maybe half a year ago. And um, it was really strange feeling. It is familiar, but I think it's the first time I really realized it. Um, I parked the car, I got into the hotel, and I knew where everything was. I would know where the supermarket is around the corner because I stopped there before in the evening when I had time. I know the town somewhat because I strolled through it like a couple of times before when I was too early at the customer because it's one of those customers the drive can take three hours, but the drive can also take five hours depending on the traffic. So I always calculate a full hour in. And if everything goes well and I'm there in three and a half hours, I got one and a half hours to kill. So I usually check my emails over my cell phone and then I just stroll around town and do like a lunch time before I go to the customer. And everything was familiar. And this is not a town I would go on vacation, but just for going there, it felt kind of like homely. And, I, yeah. and then, then it kind of hit me because I've been there in the wintertime, I've been there in the summertime, and it's just arriving at a location and you know where everything is. And, and it felt... Yeah, it almost feels like going on a vacation there. Mm-hmm. And I now caught myself going back and saying, like, actually, the town is pretty nice. I'm kind of yearning going back there, and I already feel comfortable. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have a feeling like that? And I'm not talking about just traveling a long way or anything, but just different places where you feel homely really fast. Uh, I have two thoughts kind of immediately. One is thinking back to my second trip to Japan after having been an exchange student there. Mm-hmm. That sort of getting into Narita airport and walking off and getting to the train station in Tokyo and sort of like slowly sort of my, feeling my mind clicking back into gear of how it was when I lived there. Mm. That, that was a really strange feeling, but it also was kind of reassuring to saying like, oh, the hustle and bustle and all of the weird noises around here, they are not foreign to me. They are just not as familiar as they used to be. Mm. Mm-hmm. But uh, in addition to that, going to Birmingham and Maker Central, or I guess even just like going to England in general this, this, at this point, mm-hmm. which I mean, in my mind, that sort of only includes London, Somerset and Birmingham. That's sort of 
where I frequent in England. Yeah. But all of those places are kind of like, yeah, I, I get this place to some degree. I know sort of what to expect. I know where to look for things. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to Birmingham, it's like, I know where to find the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the familiarity. Then on the other side, I have places where I've been many times and I don't feel home, but I, they don't trigger that feeling in me. And I was wondering also what, what, what it is that triggers that feeling. Like, is it the people? Is it because it's positive thoughts? Okay, so I, I, I don't have any of this for Oslo proper. Okay. I mean, I live in Oslo. I live not like dead downtown, but I live fairly central in Oslo. Mm-hmm. And apart from sort of where I live and the way to work, the rest of Oslo has always been this slightly far off place that I am familiar with, but not home in, if that makes sense. Okay. So you don't even have that feeling in the town you're living in. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am at home here. Mm-hmm. But also, I know I'm not going to stay exactly here for a long time. Part of that, my nan is old. Mm-hmm. And of course, when... When she kicks the bucket, they're going to sell the house. What a nice way to say <laughs> Well, when she becomes an ex-nan, is that better? Slightly. <laughs> I can do the whole parrot sketch with nan instead. That would be hilarious. That's uh, fine. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so yes, there's a bit of temporality to living here. Mm. I feel at home here because, I mean, I kind of grew up being oh, yeah. here a lot. No, and I'm not saying home, home, like, oh my God, this is where I belong. I'm talking about yeah. this is known to me. Like, the, I, I am here yeah. and I know no, no, where Oslo everything is. No, but... Oslo is that. Okay. I, I feel fairly confident that I can walk across Oslo and find my way without checking a map. Mm-hmm. Granted, Oslo isn't all that big. It will take, I don't know, depending on where you go for. But uh, it takes me less than about 45 minutes to walk down to the central station from here. And then an hour to walk out to throwing the park in and like the western edge of downtown so to speak but you do have uh, markets you visit frequently yes so uh, all in oslo or some outside of oslo no none of them are in oslo actually see but how do yeah. you feel when you get there do you know how everything is do you feel like oh this is something this is f- like familiar to me and um yeah yeah so when did but do you remember when that feeling came? Because you know the excitement when you go to a place for the first time. Yeah. And okay, some, so some of those places actually some of those, <laughs> some of those places keep the feeling though for like three or four times you go there. And some other times you're there the second time and you already feel like, Yeah, I know where everything is, like I feel comfortable here. I would you know lack of better yeah, words. I, I think I think I get what you mean. Uh for me, that usually kicks in at the second or maybe third time I visit a place. Okay. Uh, which which might track back to my scout days of like the best thing about visiting a new place is walking around and getting completely lost and then trying to find your way back again. Mm-hmm. Because that's the best way of discovering new places. And especially when it comes to like on vacation, a brilliant way of discovering hidden gems of the city. Yeah. But yeah, in my mind, it's sort of like I arrive somewhere, I try to sort of map out the place and figure out where the important bits are right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then by the second time, I usually, unless there are like a long time in between or big changes to the place, I, I still find my way. And that's not excitement, that's survival. 
Yeah. Okay. And? Uh, but it no. Can be, <laughs> but survival can be. <laughs> okay, that's going to be hard for you to know, Red, but survival can be exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. But I, I, you were talking about the fact of being excited to go to a place for the first time. And yeah, yeah I can get mm-hmm. that. It depends, but it depends on the place. It depends on where, mm. where you're going and why you're going there. If, if I'm going on, on a, on, to a place for, like, say, vacation, I've chosen the place. So I, I know a little bit about it. I know what to expect of the place. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a pleasure to discover it, to know, to know the place, where everything is, what, what part of the city you can enjoy, where you can relax, where you can eat or whatever. If mm-hmm. you're going to a place to work, it's very different because the, the goal of the travel, your travel, you being there, is, has some, some uh, pressure including in it pressure purpose yes pressure mm-hmm. or purpose or both yeah. right i mean vacation can also be purpose you're correct and pressure as well yeah i, I, I agree with you yeah it's, it's it's kind of weird because i thought it, at first i tried to think the same way and think about it as like when you go on vacation mm-hmm. because i remember how enchanting barcelona was when i was there, went there for the first time with steph but we are always on foot and we discover every city we go to very thoroughly. We did that with London, like we spent all day for a few days on our feet and just basically walk everywhere. And so those places come familiar the second time you go there because you already have in your head, oh, I remember being there, I remember being there. So it makes it easier. Um, What I was surprised having that feeling at the customer when I stayed at the hotel because I haven't seen a lot from the surroundings but still had that kind of feeling. And that, 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 I think that's why it's hit me. This is like the second time I stayed at that hotel. So this was the, the kind of weird thing about it. But yeah, I absolutely get what you're saying about like, uh, if you have expectations from a place and then you're discovering it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's also because, um, let's say the first time I went to Japan, I was super excited to go there, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's something I was, I was, I've been waiting for a long time at that time mm-hmm. to just to go there. I waited a few years before I went for the first time. So there was uh, some excitement, but also some fear, some pressure, because I wanted to be up to the task, so to speak. I wanted to be able to just um, talk in Japanese because I've, I, I had studied Japanese for three years prior. So I wanted to use that knowledge and, and, and talk to people and discover places and so on and so on. Um, I think the, that feeling that you are you are talking about is more something that I got the second time I traveled there because the first time went well. My first trip was mm. enjoyable. So mm. when I went back, I had this feeling of familiarity, this feeling of being kind of at home, even if it was a, a, again a new place. Like it was the first, second time I went to Japan, but it was a different place, and I, the purpose of the trip was completely different. First mm-hmm. time, just, first trip was just travel and enjoy the place and see sight, sight, see sight, 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 yeah, that one. Thank you. I don't, I don't know why I can't say that tonight. Usually, but you're just entertaining Jamie. Really. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and the second time I was there for. Uh, as a student, foreign student, and in, in an exchange, so the 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 goal, so to speak, or the 
yeah, the goal of the travel, the, the trip, the me being there was very different. And after 10 years living there, uh, when I moved, actually, when I moved to Japan to go to work, I was feeling at home the very first day. And okay. which, which, which is very surprising, was very surprising to me, is that that time I, I brought my wife with me and she had the very same feeling. She was feeling at home, even though it was her first trip. So oh. it, it, it was like, yeah, I know that place. And it happened to me so many times over there, going to a new small city, a place I've never been. But mm-hmm. it was like I knew the place. And I thought a little bit about it. And I think it's because of the people. It's not because you know the place and, and you have some, you know, where north is and south is. And you know that you're going to find a convenience store next to the, the train station. Because that's the case in every train station of Japan. So, you know, you will be able to eat, drink, and just survive. I think it's because of the people. You know that you don't risk anything. You know that you will be welcome. You know that you will not be rejected. And people over there in that small village where nobody goes because it's boring as hell, but they will welcome you as if... Yeah, I I lived in one of those. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um... So the familiarity, this this feeling of being at home is, to me, <coughs> something that I know very well in Japan and I don't really have in France. You, you know, you have a really good point there. And I think that might be it is what it comes down to. Because that the, the hotel where I stayed or the customer I went to, I really liked the customer. And there was also that excitement about, like, the told you earlier about the technical ones. I'm now thinking about other places we went to and it's the ones where we felt home the fastest or like comfortable the most is that where the people were nice and um, also kind of the surroundings. Thailand, for example, especially Chiang Mai. Like going going there, I could get out of the plane and we had enough time to explore the surroundings a little bit and it's just that warm welcome feeling. I could, like if I would open the door and I would be in Chiang Mai, I would know exactly where I would go for dinner tonight. <laughs> and it's, I've only been there once before. Yeah. That is a really good point. Have you had the opposite, though? Going to a place that you, you know very well and having the feeling that you, it's, it's completely foreign to you? Um, yeah, don't laugh about it. The house. When Steph and I bought the house, I still, to this day, when I open up the door and I walk up, I cannot, like, not that it's negative, but I still have a hard time believing that this is actually our house. In a good way or in a bad way? Because you own it and it's like... In a good way. Like, I love the house. We're really happy here. But I moved so many times. You know the excitement when you go into a new apartment? Like, it's it's not been long for you since you moved into the apartment. Yeah, yeah. When you open up that apartment and everything is spare and like that new, that, that excitement. Mm-hmm. But because I've moved so many times, this still feels like a rental. Yeah. Like I would mm-hmm. move out at one point and then just move somewhere else. So for me that, that I actually settled down and that this is ours and everything we do. I mean, I realize it all the time when I'm working on the house, but it's every time it's like realizing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, it, when I have, places I feel comfortable I feel comfortable here 
but it's still, I, it took me forever. Like we've been living in this house for seven years yeah. and it took at least a full year till I realized it. And even now, once in a while, I, I look at it and go like, oh yeah, that, that's actually ours. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I saw, so that's just kind of weird. I saw exactly that uh, three days ago. I was not sleeping, uh, laying in my bed, looking at the roof. And I was like, damn, we need to, to buy some light for the bedroom because we still don't have one. So, mm. and I, I, the thinking was, I need the light. I need to choose a nice one. But a nice one is, is expensive. Yeah, but it's it's worth it because it's our place. Oh, damn, that's our place. Yeah, and and I, I just, just, if I may steal that thought for a second. Yeah. Uh, flip it around, so to speak. How, how long do you expect to be living in that house? Where we are right now? Yeah. 10 years? 20 years? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, personally, I would like to at some point sell to buy a house. Mm -hmm. My wife is fine dying here. Okay, but okay, so maybe give it a ten-year lifespan for you. Y yeah, probably. I mean, it because then your kid is like through high school nearly or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it exactly in in ten years it will be in high school. It will have uh, graduated from high school, so you will probably yeah. leave the house to go study something some somewhere. Yeah. Okay, and a good t time to sort of change things up again. Yeah. Yeah. If if you spend a hundred bucks on a really nice light, mm -hmm. that's ten bucks a year. Yeah, sure. That's what I did for for my kids' bedroom and for yeah. uh, my the room I'm I'm recording in. But I yeah. I never took the time to do it for the bedroom. And, and that's <laughs> oh, yeah because it's not as important. Yeah, it was not as important for me because I'm I'm just sleeping in that that place. For the kid, it was important to me to have like. The, the remote control and he can change the color and can change the intensity of the light so he can play around if it's the morning afternoon evening we can modulate the things uh, same thing in 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 the leather working uh, room like here because i can change the light for the recording and the shooting of the videos but in the bedroom i'm just i'm just sleeping so that i don't need yeah. light i have a a small bedside uh, table with a light on it and that's that's plenty that's enough but to have the feeling of having yeah. finished the, the room having uh, having done everything that i needed to do and the bedroom is actually perfect as it is i need to do that i need to, to put some light on mm. on the on the ceiling so that's why i, I was thinking yeah uh i i kind of do a lot of that same sort of calculation or thinking mm -hmm. when it comes to tools and also clothes as well. Mm -hmm. A really good example for me is I have a trench coat that I absolutely love. I wear it here in Norway every single winter. Mm -hmm. It's long and it's big and it's warm and it's like uh, padded on the inside and everything. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. I bought it when I was on vacation with my dad in Belgium 12 years ago now. Back then, I think I paid maybe... 160 euros for it yeah it's expensive but for 12 years it's nothing yeah, yeah. exactly i mean i am every single time i use it i sort of i get more value back for my money you make that excuse with every uh, envelope you buy right <laughs> not yet but that's a good idea yeah. but that's it's sort of how i need to sort of justify some of these expenses it's like no no the buying the expensive one quote unquote is the cheap option yeah 
I did the exact same thing three weeks ago when I changed my phone. I yeah, I yeah. I add to uh, because mine was kind of old and the screen was burned. So every single time I was using it, I was I, I had this. Wait, actually burned? No, but it, it, it's what they call it when you have the the imprint of a screen oh, in yeah, your thing. Oh, like oh shit. Okay. So I, yeah. I, what I happens had, to the old CRT TV? Yeah, I had the the YouTube red things at the bottom of. How the, did you get that on your phone? Because I I fall asleep watching videos on YouTube for or, or that's what I did for for How a long time. How old is your phone? Is it going to get burnt in images in it? My phone was seven years old. It was the Galaxy S nine. The Samsung Galaxy oh, S nine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I had it I for guess that seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that, about the average life I get out of my iPhones. Yeah, so that was the discussion we had uh, with my wife the other day. We needed to change the phone because the battery was dead, the screen was dead, and mm. many problems. And said, "Yeah, a new phone is one thousand euros, but one thousand euros divided by seven years, divided by twelve months, divided by any number of days that you have in a year." Yeah, it it's worth it to buy one and take care of it for so long. Yeah. So it justifies the cost. So agreed completely. Trench coat or whatever, it's always better to spend a good amount of money in something and make it last because it's good quality. So it will last instead of buying crappy pair of shoes that you will pay 15 bucks and you will wear twice because they will be dead in the end. Yeah, but this only works if you, if it's something, or if you don't have a fashion sense. (laughs) I I don't, so I'm fine. Yeah, I mean that is the point, though. We've thrown out so many lamps out of this house that were still in working order, but they were from 1969. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about brown glass. We're talking about like the. I mean, sure, they're they're gonna be in style again. Mm-hmm. Maybe ten years from now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all just doing circles and coming yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like when we put a lamp a lamp up now and we pay, I don't know, two three hundred bucks for it, and we think it's. But yeah, but this one's gonna be good for the next ten years. There's a, there might be a chance you're looking at it in five years from now and you're going like, oh fuck, that thing is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I ever get that? that? That's that's true. That's true. And if you can afford to, I mean, that's a really nice thing to always have things that make you happy. Yeah, that's true as well. Oh, there's, there's just stuff you love to do and love to update. I mean, there's stuff at the house when we bought it. Not that we installed it, but we still have like the old kitchen and the old... Um, and I think it got renewed by the owner in the 90s. So it's like a 90s kitchen, but it's working. And it does the purpose and everything is great. But damn, I cannot wait to save up the money to put a new kitchen in. Yeah, is it is that the way you made your house yours and feel good in it? Like by, by putting new lamps or pieces of furniture or whatever? No, like we, had the fi- we had the fixture in the living room for five years and okay. I just forgot about it. Yeah. And <laughs> then there were guests making fun of it and yeah. then we forgot about it again. And at one point <laughs> I was just like, well, I'm sick of it, I'm buying a new lamp. <laughs> And I think it was at like two o'clock in the morning and we were sitting drunk in the living room. And I always, I was looking at lamps and I couldn't, like, I just couldn't decide. There's so many different lamps on Amazon, just thousands and thousands. 
and we had friends over and they were making fun again and I'm that's it I'm buying a laugh <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot about it and two days later it rings on the doorbell and it's like here's your Amazon package it's like why am I getting an Amazon package oh no it's <laughs> <laughs> a gift from drunk Jan to sober Jan exactly yeah no, so this um, it it all works out. There's there's definitely stuff to, to personalize your home, but uh, no. To be honest, when we walked into this home, we already felt really comfortable in here, mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't. I don't think it's good if you walk into something. I mean, you can have a vision of what it could be, but yeah. it's just better if you walk in it and it's like, oh, I like how it is now. Yeah. And then there's little touches. So. Um, yeah, we, we cut in a big window from, like, the kitchen was closed off, mm-hmm. and we removed the door to yeah. the living room, and we just yeah. cut a big square into the wall to make, a, like, a bar section open to the living room. Mm-hmm. Because from all the, I mean, this is not even something uh, strictly American anymore, but it used to be American. It's like the part is always in the kitchen, yeah. and um, I always love the open floor plan. In Germany, when I grew up, it was always kitchen separated from the living room because you don't want to have the food smell in there yeah but now nowadays it's all it's social places and that always works i think that's a very important part sort of what you oh, you sort of said it and contradicted yourself hmm? but it's it's i think it's a very important part when you get uh move into a new place that you do something to it to make it your own mm-hmm. you peer I mean, all but, around the older room so it's it's your place now Exactly. You might do that in France, but we stopped doing that a couple of hundred years ago. You should get back to it. Trust me, it's the best way. No, we do it in in the garden now. Yeah, same. Way better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, but like, uh, like Jan said, like you, you did something to the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no matter the argument you choose, like it suddenly felt a lot more yours. I think after you've done that to it. Have you done that, uh, Brass, when you yeah. came to your place now? Because it's your nan's house, right? So yeah. did you do something to make it your this part of the house yours? I got my paintings up. Okay. And, I mean, th- they look horrible, but that are the new curtains. Yeah, that's the one your mom made, right? You, you yeah. said? Yeah. So by, by just doing this little, uh, if I can call it, little touch of decoration... That was enough for you, so you didn't have to change everything. Not, or... not, not by itself, but I mean, I have my paintings. I have uh, a big, I mean, a massive cupboard that my great grandfather got made when he was young, or was made for him when he was christened or something. Yeah. Uh, I have um, my great great nan's traveling chest from America that you can barely see yeah. there, mm-hmm. uh, which is dated to the 1860s. Oh, nice. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, I have I have those literal heirlooms mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. And that helps a lot because, like, there's... Not only is the story to them, it's family story. In yeah, this. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's really cool. But it looks to me uh, that it's all stuff that you can grab and, and move with. I, I mean, the, the cupboard, uh, you can grab and move with effort. Yeah, yeah. But you see what I mean? It's not like the place. Yes. It's it's furniture and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It, it sounds a little bit like you are already ready to move and not ready to settle down for good. Yes, but I mean, that's very much also the fact that I can't live here forever. That That is just mm-hmm. not an option, even if I wanted to. It's... It's a question of uh, will my nan die 
tomorrow, in six months, or in six years? I mean, she's, uh, there's four steps, uh, four sets of stairs leading from the street level up to the house. Because Nor this part of this part of the city is fucking steep. This is the flat part of Norway, but this part of the city is really steep. And and she still very often will walk up and down those steps to get the mail, at the age of ninety four. Wow. So yeah, um, she is in massive good health despite the dementia, despite her age, which means that she could still be kicking about for up until she is a hundred. Yeah, yeah. When do you see yourself settling down? Right. Because, yeah, it's more or less done. The house is yours, so... For now. Yeah. Till, till, like, late retirement. Yeah. Raz, what about you? Uh, is there a place where you would settle down instantly? If I give you a job or a workshop at a place of your choosing, yeah. would you settle down? Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Yeah. Just off the, in a small valley outside the city where I grew up, mm -hmm. where I moved to with my dad after my parents' divorce. Okay. It's a tiny place. Uh, it, the train goes once an hour, but it is just, maybe now it's closer to being like 20, 25 minutes with train from Oslo cent city center. That's not far away. No, it's really, it's surprisingly close and surprisingly secluded, but it's also now because of municipal changes, uh, and pr uh, price increases to the property market and all of that getting really expensive okay. to live there. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, I, I have a list of those places where it would be amazing to live, where it's not too far away from the Oslo for dancing, it's reasonably close to a major airport for traveling and having friends over. And then also, like, apart from that, it would just like it to be pretty secluded and have a good workshop, and I would settle down. When do you see yourself moving to one of those places? When I moved to Oslo, I sort of said, I'll, I'll, my, my estimate is to give Oslo two years. Okay. That sort of... It's what I had to tell myself just to have sort of some sort of time frame of how long can I think of being comfortable living in Oslo. With the new workshop now, I specifically asked for a contract that I can extend uh, to last three years in total. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty certain that I can ask for more if I need to, and I can terminate it early if I need to. But that's sort of where I'm at at the moment, that um, with moving now, I'm giving myself another three years in Oslo. Okay both to save up enough money to buy something that is reasonably nice mm -hmm. uh, and also to not have to move workshop all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's will. a lot of people thank that will thank you for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am talking to a, uh, a company to actually help them, I get help from them to move everything uh, because I do have a lot of stuff and having just one big lorry with a crane on it would do wonders. Yeah. I mean, it's not that expensive. It's, it's, I, I, I imagine it's uh, more or less the same cost that we paid uh, in France. Uh, to move. I, I imagine it will cost me maybe a grand. To move everything? Workshop and your stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't have the, the workshop, your workshop. So that is cheap. It was cheaper for us, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, distance-wise, we're talking maybe half an hour with traffic. Yeah. To get from the old workshop to the new it's, one? It's not the distance, it's how many people you will need or what kind of equipment you will need to move all the stuff and the numbers of uh, track. Yeah, probably. I mean, ju just a crane. Yeah. Because it's not very accessible, the storage rack for steel. Take all that shit and, and put it there. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that's a big thing. I, I just want a crane to get all of that. Mm. And apart from that, I'll pack everything on pallets and maybe we'll use the crane to lift the pallets, maybe we'll 
you can use a, a small pallet jack or something and just get everything onto the bed. If you can have a crane. I mean, I'm, it's, it's yeah, if, if you're a crane, it's just yeah. tossing the sling under, lifting it up yeah, and placing yeah, it over there. Sure. That part I'm not worried about. But I, I would like... And also, everything apart from six meter lengths of steel I can stuff in my in my car. Mm. And I would have to take 10 trips to do that, but that uh, that's an option. Why, why do I have this vivid picture in my head of... It's like, guys, good news, we have a crane. And all the helpers cheer. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm going to add this basket. And he's just going to put the strings on a basket, get into it, lift himself up. From up, up here, I can see exactly what needs to be moved. You take this anvil, you take this anvil, you take this anvil, over there. <laughs> and screaming down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have that vivid picture, I faded by it. <laughs> can we focus on something else? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Yes. Uh, Jan, because of your, your excellent joke, do you want to start? Um, yeah, I actually have something. Um, I watched it the other day and I find it quite or found it quite enjoyable. Um, it's called uh, Sher- Sherpa Sherpa Design. Um, it's a guy on YouTube who's been on there for a long time. Has also a lot of um, uh, subscribers now. What from what I've seen, like over a million. Um, and the guy is uh, making kind of like paws and he's doing like little terrariums in bottles and um, he also calls them and I forget what it's called oh. because it's a mix between a like tropical forest and an aquarium mm-hmm. so vivarium I think no not mud vivarium I think it's called mud? so basically he does that whole like little forest thing and then okay. the water and he puts fish okay. in it and everything and it's really nice he has a lot of like really nice ideas and makes him like a really small scale or really huge and um yeah so i've been watching him a lot i i definitely check that out because i have a massive sweet spots for like those ecosystems in yes, a bottle exactly this is all he does and let me just check so it's serpent design that's so fucking cool uh the last one he make is uh, uh paludarium it's called and he made one out of a ikea cabinet Oh, and yeah. it looks amazing. That was like the last one four days ago, and he also made one um, in a like huge bottle. And then he just yeah, what I love is the riparium. I think it's oh, called, wow. and it's um, yeah. an aquarium. And he puts uh, plants that are supposed to be on the surface, and he puts them in glass domes and puts them underwater. Mm-hmm. That also looked really cool. Oh wow! Oh, that—that's wizardry. Or running waterfall in a jar. Oh, there's so many of them. It's really just enjoyable to watch. He's like mellow, not that like super high energy or anything. So it's the perfect thing to watch one or two of those episodes before you could go to bed at night. Serpent design. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, he has a lot of cool stuff. I will be binging this. Very nice. Cool. Uh, yes, red. How about you? Uh, no. <laughs> Good. Uh, then I have two. Yeah. One is last week uh, you had SGDQ, which is Summer Games Done Quick, which is a charity event with speedrunners oh, nice. literally blazing through games, sometimes breaking the games absolute to pieces to do it as fast as possible. And I have watched a couple of, like, it's all on YouTube. I'll leave links to two videos specifically. Uh, but I think I focused on these guys. Uh, I mean, they have like these charity streams fairly often. This time, 
all of the donations went to Doctors Without Borders. I think they surpassed two million dollars donated. I I haven't watched like the last stream, so I'm not like entirely sure nice. of final figures, but they get a lot of money and they do a lot of really cool stuff. Including uh last year when I focused on them, you had a guy who speedrun Sekiro, the FromSoft game. What? In I think it was less than two hours. Wow. Blindfo- blindfolded. Oh yeah, you told me about that guy. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. This year I just finished watching uh, someone who speedrun Elden Ring. Oh, he did. He did one of the bosses blindfolded, which was fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, but he speedrun the entirety of Elden Ring in an hour and a half without glitches. Without any glitches. Damn. Okay. Without glitching anything. Yeah. He, some alternative parkour, but he did it on the current release of the game. That is insane. With no like fancy hacky madus. Okay. And to top that, I. Just before uh, we started recording, I watched someone speedrun all of the Elden Re- Elder Scrolls game oh. games from Arena to Daggerfall to Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim. Wow! That in that case, it was a hell of a lot of glitching. Yeah. <laughs> but doing five games in less than two hours. Yeah. But I mean, it's a Bethesda game. I mean, it glitches anyway. Like you can't play in a Bethesda game without glitching. <laughs> no. no, 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 not true. The amazing not part, true. especially when it comes to Skyrim, it's fucking amazing how much absolute nonsense they can do to the game. How many like glitching they can do, and the game doesn't break. It just keeps on going. No, because it doesn't it's a crash. Bethesda game. It lives on glitches. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just like try to play it without falling through yes, yes. the floor <laughs> yeah. or just randomly getting catapulted into yeah. the air. That's, you're unfair. <laughs> you're so unfair. Okay, that, that being said, that being said, the absolute highlight so far has been the speed run okay. of Breath of the Wild blindfolded. No. How? Yes. You will have to watch. There's a link in the description. Okay. And it is glorious that i can get i think i will binge a couple of those tonight because i love those speed runs yeah i mean it's absolutely fascinating if you know the games it's absolutely fascinating like watching the elder scrolls one i I have never played arena never played daggerfall Mm -hmm. but going into morrowind i got like like, tingly nostalgic feeling i was like oh i recognize that place and then he goes and he flies across the (laughs) continent i was like never mind that never happened to me yeah and then going into oblivion i was like oh yeah i remember this really annoying sequence and he just oh but if you do this and jump through the wall here you don't have to walk through the tutorial dungeon yeah. i was like well that that would be handy <laughs> and things like that but uh yes uh gdq games on quick summer edition nice. now and they have these kind of things fairly often find a game you like and pay attention to it because it's fantastically entertaining but also really depressing to see how good someone can be at the game yeah my number two to fill in for Red's absence. That was still your number one? <laughs> yes. Okay. Jet Like the Game is back with another season. This time they're playing Capture the Flag across Japan. Oh, wow. Oh, damn. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, I, because I, I am being the sneaky one, I'm paying for Nebula. I get the episodes a week early. Uh, I can break down like the general game for it quickly, for you quickly. It consists now of three three rounds one is tokyo mm-hmm. second is uh sort of the greater area around tokyo i mean it stretches from about or... no no from okay. uh, nagoya 
and uh, Tokyo and then Tokyo Sendai. So they divide the whole map and then yeah. the rest is uh what's the main island they're called? Is it Honshu? Honshu, yeah. Yeah, that's so uh first area is just Tokyo. Then you have where it stretches from Nagoya to Sendai, mm-hmm. and then it's the entirety of Honshu after that. Okay, cool. It's a big place. It gets fucking big, but because of how you can commute in Japan, yeah. they are doing this across four days. Oh wow! I mean, like ninety-six hours, but yeah. Yeah, four hours with the Shinkansen and. Yeah, so you you sort of you look at this and you look at the map, and that's a fuck ton of stuff. And then you think about sort of how quickly you travel, and it's like. That's surprisingly doable in that amount of time. And again, these guys are excellent when it comes to game theory and game testing and like figuring out how to make this thing work. That being said, they missed a massive loophole in the first uh, area. That's really, really fun. But even more fun for me is that one of the flags ended up being placed a block away from where I went to school. Nice. That's cool. So when they went east uh, from Tokyo to Chiba, I was like, I was just listening and paying half attention, and they mentioned one of the lines I used to get to school. I was like, "What? What's going on?" And then look at the map, and like, that can't be. And I went over to <laughs> the map, and so I was like, yeah, started yeah, zooming yeah. in. I was like, my school is there, and the vending machine they need to get the flag from is like there. <laughs> and it's like, what? That's insane. Mm, that's cool. uh, and also, like, so because of Japan, there's vending machines everywhere. Mm. So every single flag is a random vending machine in a general area that is predetermined. Okay. And you need to get a specific item from that vending machine and bring it across the border back into your own zone again. Oh, nice. Oh, that room. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. It is fantastic. It, it might be the best season yet, although I'm hesitant to say it that early but it's looking really really cool, cool. I, I want to, I want another one yeah yeah <laughs> I just remembered something that you guys have to watch and you're gonna love it um, you can either watch it on strange parts or only in Japan because they did a collab each of them does their own video I actually think the only uh, only in Japan one is a little bit better because he, he explains more about the background stranger parts is more the technical aspect of mm. it the vending machine park yeah like vending machines from the 70s Yes. With the like fresh curry. And that's just like, damn, I want to go over this so, so bad. You will <laughs> love this because the guy from Stranger Parts is playing this in this game of Capture the Flag. Oh, that is funny. That's how okay. I ended up on his channel, which I was thinking maybe should be my focus next week. But apparently not because someone is nope. ruining it. Uh, but yeah, in Japan, at least you used to have vending machines that will serve you hot curry. Yeah, but it's not microwaved. They make no, it fresh in the morning, they it put just... it in packs in there, and there's a heating system. And this was back in, like, 70s? They had This machine was from? That was 70s, before before microwave. Yeah. Yeah, and the fresh-made rice in bowls that are... Um, yeah, that Japanese people are crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Like, watch that. It's, it's all going to be in the show notes. Red. Oh, oh, I get Yes, apparently they will all be in the show notes then. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love it. I love that you're <laughs> editing it. <laughs> Just like, yeah, put it in there, put it in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get it done. Don't you worry. Uh, any last little tiddly bits? Yeah. Um, if you like that kind of stuff that we just talked about, uh, go on Netflix and watch Run for the Money. Oh, so now you have a fucking focus. Yes, I have one. Um, it's a, a Japanese show that I used to to watch every 
weak at the beginning and then it got bigger and bigger and so big that they actually made uh, only once a month. So basically they are in an enclosed area. It's sometimes uh, uh, Disneyland or something like that, a park. And they, there is 10, 20, 30 contestants. They have to hide from hunters. So the hunters oh. are like the men in black. If they are seen by the hunters and touched by the hunters, they are out of the game. Every second that passes adds 100 yen to the bank. At the end oh. of the game, the only one left wins it all. Oh. It's a, it's it's really fun. Um, so squid game, but nice. Yeah, you had, you just have to run, but also there's a few stuff that you have to do during the game. Uh, and obviously, if you do the stuff that you are required to do, it exposes you to the hunter. So uh, it's a fun watch. Um, it's okay. it's like for what you called. It's called Run for the Money, and it's mm-hmm. on. Uh, Netflix, a few episodes, probably only four. Um, let me check, but yeah, only four episodes. Uh, but yeah, 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 it's pretty fun. So very nice, nice. All right, excellent. That's it. We good. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, oh yes, another last final thing. We are approaching an episode 100, and we'll post a little something for our patron people about that pretty soonish. So look out for that. It might involve us doing something special for episode 100. Exactly. Is that for on only fan? No. Okay. No, that's that's the other one. Never mind. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah Don't, don't mix right. things up. I got easily confused no, no, when you sorry. talk about yeah, all yeah, yeah. I no, I I mixed things. Yes, up. So uh, Rasmus already put it in Notion, so you should get a, not- a notification any day now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you want to get a hold of this secret bit of information, you can do that on patreon.com slash focused. And you can find us also collectively at many of the most social places at focused and me at RasmusLuen and LuenSmed.no. And you can find me at TheRedSmith or RedSmith everywhere on the internet, most specifically at TheRedSmith.com, soon to be renewed. And you can find me at Jan Maxwell or Nerd Inventor on the social media tags. Not on Twitter anymore to erase my Twitter accounts, but uh, Insta and um, YouTube. Excellent. Cool. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.